there is one other evidence that we didn't mention in the, uh, on the day of Pentecost. The Bible talks about, because I didn't carry on reading, let me just go back up to that passage quickly. Bear with me. Verse 14. Um, no, let's pick it up from verse 13 of that account in the book of Acts. Others mocking said, they are full of new wine. This is now, now getting Acts chapter 2. Um, verse 13. Others mocking said they are full of new wine. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea, all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. So, sorry, I did mention two phenomena. I mentioned the sound of the rushing mighty wind, and I mentioned the fire uh, falling from heaven. But this, there was the, another phenomena that occurred on that day. And that is that the saints started to behave like drunken men. So much so that the unbelievers who were watching them mocked them, saying, these guys are drunk. Now, why would, they, why would unbelievers looking at people say, well, they must be drunk? if they weren't behaving in a manner of a, of a person who is drunk. So how were they behaving? Well, they weren't behaving aggressively, okay, because some people, when they get drunk, they get very aggressive, because that's not the Holy Spirit. But a lot of people, when they get drunk, they begin to laugh and, and you know, just, you know, laugh at stuff. And they, they, they battle to, to stand up straight, and they stagger around, and they fall down. Um, and so that's the kind of... Um, phenomena that the unbelievers were seeing when they looked at the saints. Because the saints were, because now that's another evidence that we see in this account, which can and does happen quite often, is that people that when the Holy Spirit comes upon them, they begin to laugh uncontrollably. And um, it's, you know, it's just a, a supernatural laughter from the Holy Spirit that just bubbles up in the individual and they cannot stop laughing no matter how hard they try. And people fall down under the power of God, and people stagger around under the power of God because it is tangible. Don't forget the power of God is tangible to the touch. It can be felt. A lot of people, when they're filled with the Holy Spirit, and this is subsequent to being initially filled with the Holy Spirit, we must understand that having encounters with the Holy Spirit coming upon us is meant to be happening all the time in believers as they go through their Christian walk. But it, it, it's explained by some as waves of electricity going through their bodies, warmth going through their bodies, um, oil for, uh, coming over them. Uh, not literal oil, but it's like a type of oil coming over them. And so you have all of these different um, explanations of what it feels like to encounter the power of God. And so part of that is behaving like a drunken person in that you, you can't walk around you cannot um, stand up straight, and uh, some people begin to laugh uncontrollably. They can't stop it because God just takes over, because he's a God of joy. And so, you know, he has fun with his children by causing them to laugh. And, and it's, you know, that type of laughter, you, you get laughter in the natural, that it get, eventually when you laugh so much, it actually begins to hurt, because you know, people, you know, they, one or two have actually died from it. It's been recorded. But you know, the pain starts coming in, in the body because of all that effort in laughing. Laughing in the Holy Spirit 
no uncomfortableness whatsoever. The person is completely uh, fine. No, there's no ill effects to that type of laughter at all. And so people that have been full of the Holy Spirit and have become so in, in, intoxicated with the power of God, they can't drive themselves home. People have to take, drive them home. It's as if they're a drunk person and they have to be driven home and they have to be helped into the uh, rooms and the homes because they just are completely intoxicated with the Spirit of God. So that's what Simon sees. He sees this evidence of this power. And he wants to pay good money for it. And so we see a few things here. We see that all of the saints were filled with the Holy Spirit. They are all filled with the Holy Spirit subsequent to salvation. And the consistent evidence, as I said, that Simon would have seen with that, that is that they would have all spoken with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. That's the second account that we have in, in, in Scripture. The third account that we have in Scripture is um, in Acts chapter 9, verse... 17 and 18. This is the account of the Apostle Paul being filled with the Holy Spirit. And the scripture says, And Ananias went his way and entered the house, and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you came, has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. So there's another there's a term we've used twice now, being filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he received his sight at once, and he arose and was baptized, speaking about water baptism. Now we know when Paul was filled with the Holy Spirit that he spoke with other tongues, because in 1 Corinthians 14, 18, Paul says, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. And he taught very extensively on other tongues. So here's Paul's account. Also, Paul is filled with the Holy Spirit, subsequent to salvation. He was saved three days earlier when he met the Lord Jesus Christ. Three days later, he is now filled with the Holy Spirit and begins to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave him utterance. He is filled with the Holy Spirit through the laying on of hands. Ananias lays hands on Paul and he is filled with the Holy Spirit. So there's the three main uh, consistent points we pick up in each account. Being filled with the Holy Spirit subsequent to salvation, always. Um, Everybody gets filled. Paul was the only one there, but he got filled with the Holy Spirit, and he received the Holy Spirit through the laying of hands, and he spoke with other tongues. So, the three consistent things after being after being saved, being filled, all being filled, and speaking with other tongues. Um, the mechanism in this case was through the laying of hands. It wasn't through uh, the Lord filling him directly from above. Next account we see in Scripture, Acts chapter ten, verse forty-four to forty-eight. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon those who heard the word of God. There's that Holy Spirit falling again. Same terminology for uh, different terminology, sorry, for the same event. Verse 45. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit, so now it's referred to as the gift of the Holy Spirit, um, had been poured out, pouring out of the Holy Spirit. All of these terms refer to the same thing out of the Gentiles also. Why? For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then Peter answered, Can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Acts 15, 8, Paul, Peter explaining this event. He says, So God who knows the heart acknowledged them by giving them the Holy Spirit just as he did to us. And so, here we, this is the second account of the saints being filled with the Holy Spirit directly from heaven. 
No, no hands were laid on these saints. Um, God filled them directly himself. Now, the scripture says that the reason God filled them was because God acknowledged them. We see that in Acts 15, 8. And so he gave them the Holy Spirit. When he did that, they all began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The, the Jews that were there with Peter saw that, heard that, and were amazed about that. Because they recognized, wait a minute, they got exactly the same uh, experience that we got. They were filled with the Holy Spirit just like we were. They, be, they began to speak with tongues just like we do, and did. Sorry. And so that's the, the common denominator there. It was, they were first born again, God acknowledged them, and then He filled them with the Holy Spirit. And they all, all of them present were full of the Holy Spirit. God left none out. And all of them spoke with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And so that's the consistency that we're coming through there. But as I say, this is the, uh, the second account of being filled directly from heaven. And then the next account we can look at is Acts 19, verse 1 to 7. Scripture says, And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth, that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. And finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And so Paul recognized that you can be born again and not yet receive the Holy Spirit. That's why he asked the question. Because he assumes they're all born again. There's a bit of confusion between the con in the conversation. They are talking about John's baptism, now Paul's talking about baptized into Christ. And so when they say, yes, we've been baptized, Paul they says, okay, well, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And now the, the clarity comes out because they, Paul recognizes, okay, these guys aren't even born again. But what Paul asks is a very pertinent question. He says, when you believed, did you receive the Holy Spirit? So it's a case of not because we believe and we're saved, then the Holy Spirit comes upon us, do we automatically then receive the Holy Spirit as well? We still have to receive Him after we're saved. Um, I'm talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit, not Him residing on the inside of us. So he said, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? So they said, into John's baptism. Now the penny drops for Paul, verse 4. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they who should believe in him, who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now that's talking about water baptism. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them. Again, that's another term, but it's the same thing. And they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now the men were about 12 in all. So what had happened here, Paul had met these 12 disciples. Um, the conversation had gone around like this. Did you guys get baptized when you believed? Yes, we did. Okay. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And now they say, but we haven't heard about the Holy Spirit. So Paul backs up and he says, okay, but then what, into what were you baptized? They say, well, we were baptized into John's baptism. Now Paul understands. Okay. You guys haven't yet um, John baptized for, with repentance, pointing to Christ. Christ has come. You need to now believe in Christ and be baptized in water. They believe in Christ and Paul baptizes them in water. After that happens, so this is after they're saved, Paul then lays hands on them so that they can be filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes upon them and what happens? They all begin to speak with other tongues and in this case they also prophesy. So here's another 
Um, the consistency here is they were all filled with the Holy Spirit after being saved. Paul gets them saved first, baptized in water, then he lays hands on them to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So it's a subsequent experience. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and all began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. In this case here, God uses the mechanism of the laying of hands to fill his saints with the Holy Spirit. But there's another uh, phenomenon that occurs here. They also begin to prophesy. Now, we don't see that again in any of the other accounts of being baptized with the Holy Spirit. And so this is a phenomenon that can occur, but it doesn't always occur when the saints are filled with the Holy Spirit. But what it does introduce us to is the concept of the fact that once we have been filled with the Holy Spirit, we now become uh, candidates for the gifts of the Holy Spirit to be made manifest through us as the Spirit wills, as listed those nine gifts of the Spirit listed in Corinthians chapter 12. And so I trust that you understand the, the three common denominators. Baptism of the Holy Spirit is an event subsequent to salvation. It's an event that is available to every saint, not a select few. And every saint who is baptized in the Holy Spirit will always speak with other tongues. There's two methods that are used to be filled with the Holy Spirit, one directly from heaven, the other one through the laying on of hands. And there are certain phenomena that are can occur when one is filled with the Holy Spirit, doesn't always have to occur. Rushing mighty wind, tongues of fire, behaving like drunken men, which could include uncontrollable laughter, staggering, all that type of thing. Um, prophesying, speaking with other tongues. Um, not speaking with other prophesying, sorry. Um, the gifts of the Holy Spirit being made manifest. So there are these other select phenomena that can occur but won't occur every single time, depending on how the, the will of the Holy Spirit on that occasion. And so we get to the point of now receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit, because a lot of Christians do struggle in this. They know, they know about it, they want to experience it, but they battle to receive from the Lord. Um, and there's three, three scriptures we want to look at to just... Uh, help believers to understand how to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Luke 11.13, our Lord speaking, he says, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? And so Jesus is talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit here. He's not talking about one who's not saved asking God to give them the Holy Spirit. That's not how it works. He says, your Heavenly Father gives the Holy Spirit to those. So Heavenly Father means that they are saved. They're born again. And so when we're born again, we ask our Heavenly Father to give us the Holy Spirit. God, Jesus said that that's exactly what our Father would do. He wouldn't give us anything else. He would only give us the Holy Spirit because that's what we ask of Him. So it's again, subsequent to being saved, we now go to the Father. We say, Father, I want to receive the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said God would do that. So how does God do that? Galatians chapter 3, verse 2 and 5. Paul writing, he says, This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit, talking about the Holy Spirit, by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Verse 5. Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? And so, as most things, if not any, everything that we can receive from God, we receive by faith. And so we go to God the Father in the name of Jesus, we ask Him to fill us with the Holy Spirit. And we then receive that by faith, because it's only by faith that we can receive from God. That's what Paul says here. You can't, you can't do anything to receive the Holy Spirit. It's, you've got to believe it. And so he says, when you guys received it, 
How did it happen? Was it by faith or by works? And he reminds them, it was by faith, guys. You had to believe it, and that's exactly what happened. And then the evidence of one being filled with the Holy Spirit is Acts 2.4. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And so the Spirit doesn't do the speaking. The Spirit gives the utterance. He gives the language. It's the saint who does the speaking. And so the saint who is filled with the Holy Spirit by faith begins to speak out a language they've never heard before because it comes from within their own spirit because the Apostle Paul teaches us that if I pray in a tongue my spirit prays but my understanding is unfruitful so it's not a language that we know about it's a language that comes from within us within our spirits and that's the gift given to every single believer who's filled with the Holy Spirit now it's a very important gift that is given to us because there is so much that we do not understand in this life that we need to pray about. That's why the scripture says we know not what to pray for as we ought in the book of Romans. Um, but the Spirit helps our infirmities. And so what he does is when we don't know what to pray about regarding a situation, we can then begin to pray with our spirits. Paul said, I will, what is the conclusion? And I will pray with my spirit and I will pray with my understanding. And so we do need to be praying in both ways, praying with our spirits and praying with our understanding. We can only pray with our spirits through this gift of other tongues. This gift of other tongues is available to those who have been filled with the Holy Spirit. And that is available to all saints. But not all saints partake of it, purely because, as I say, ignorance on some occasions, they don't know about it. Unbelief, they don't believe that it's for them. Um, the various reasons why saints don't partake of it. And so just to wrap up in today's teaching, we, we see that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is an encounter with the supernatural power of God. To speak in another tongue that you've never spoken in before, that's supernatural. There's nothing natural about it at all. Um, we've had a look at the accounts uh, in Scripture, and we've seen the three consistent um, the common denominators for all the accounts. Subsequent to salvation, all filled, all speaking with tongues. And then we saw that there are certain phenomena that can be displayed at the time that the person is filled with the Spirit, doesn't have to. And then we saw the two different mechanisms that God uses, direct from heaven or through the laying on of hands. And then we saw how to receive the Holy Spirit. We go to our Father, we ask Him in the name of Jesus, we believe that we receive, and then we begin to speak by faith that utterance that the Holy Spirit gives to our spirits. And it comes out of our spirit, and you begin to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gives us utterance. And we're going to end the teaching on that one today. Amen.